When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a little lame, of course. My first cousin, Norm Coleman, who I love dearly and I'm so proud of. Eight years as a mayor in St. Paul, senator from the great state of Minnesota. Certainly loves Prince. He's actually been to his uh, palatial estate. So every time I bring Norm in now, I play Purple Rain, and it's lame, but... Is it, I don't know, Norm, is it lame if I, if I play Purple Rain every time I bring you in? Is that lame or cool? No, you know, it's good, but actually you should play Times They Are Changing, you know, because I was a product of the 60s. And then when I had my own radio show at House University, that was my theme song and uh, the song of my generation. But see, that was so long ago. I guess Purple Rain's okay. Well, we'll play that next time, though. Times are changing for Norm Coleman. Yeah, Bob Dylan, Robert, Robert Zinman, a Jewish kid from, from Hibbing, you know, Minnesota. I know. Oh, I couldn't have a better connection. That, that's amazing. You get Bob Dylan and Prince and Fran Tarkenton. Who could have thunk that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Bernie's not here today. Uh, Bernie is uh, at Sloan Kettering. He's got aggressive prostate cancer, and he is oh. now on his second round of chemotherapy, and he's going for... You're not talking about one day at a time. You're talking about three days at a time. Uh, he loves you, of course. He loves when you're on the show when he's here. And you are a brave, courageous survivor yourself. So he's, uh, he's, he's going through it, Norm, as they say. He's going through it. You know, when you and I'm still, I get my treatments every three, every three weeks that I'm immunotherapy. I'm I'm past the curve now. I'm I'm uh, I'm on this two years since they took out my lung after the cancer going from my neck to my to my to my lung. Uh, and so, but every three weeks I get my treatment. Every three months I, I get a scan, and and it's it's kind of like that scene in in, uh, in Gladiator, Commodus. You know, he's in the arena and he gives either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. The doctors right. come in the room. It's either thumbs up. If, if there's a if there's a furrowed brow, you know you're in deep trouble right. when they come in. So, so uh, but but I for me uh, at this point they don't know how long it lasts. They don't have any data, uh, you know, for the treatment that I get. And so as long as I keep doing it and. Side effects are minimal. You just keep moving forward. But uh, look, Bernie, it's you know in my thoughts and prayers. But I have to say, so when you go through this, it it's, it's kind of takes like a, a a filter off your eyes. You kind of see the world in in a different way. I mean, I, I and I mean this sincerely. Too, is I truly kind of grasp every day in a way that I never did before. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I understand all those who are – every time I give a, a presentation to me, advance, how many people have somebody who's touched by cancer? And just about every hand goes up, yep. you know? And, and yeah. so it's there. We're all touched by it, and, and you see the world and your life in a different place. And, you know, in, in a way, that's not all bad. That's Maybe we treasure more of the moments we have as a result of going through that. So I think, I, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I can tell you that, you know, listen, I've been friends with Bernard going back to 2000. So we're going on 22 years. And we had those four magical years together between 2001 and 2005 working on IMIS when we created this relationship, which, yeah. which now has, has become this. But I do have to tell you, Norm, to your point, that I've never, ever been closer to Bernie that I've been for the last couple of months, he leans on me. And I lean on him, quite frankly, during this time. So to your point, uh, we are looking at things differently. We do cherish the time we've got together. Even There could be 25 more years. Who knows? But to, we, we are, are definitely little blessings. Dude. Right. Those, that's those right. Those are little blessings that come out of potential, you know, sadness and other things. That's, that's right. You know, seize, seize the time, seize the blessings. You know, thank God for what you have. Senator Norm Coleman, my first cousin, who I love dearly, 
uh, here on the phone with us this morning. He could be in any. It could be Florida. It could be Minnesota. It could be Virginia. Who knows? But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's anyway, but, I'm in Washington, D.C. today. Yo, you're in D.C. Okay, great. You're right down yeah. the block from your friend Joe. You know, it's amazing, Norm, because you're a Republican now, obviously, but you were a Democrat earlier in your career. And when you were a Democrat, I don't want to say the party was normal, but certainly compared to what they are now, they were normal. You know, listen, I know a lot of Jews in Brooklyn who are Democrats that can no longer, no longer identify as that these days. When you think about the fact there was a time when you were a Democrat and you look at the party now, you can't believe it, right? You know, yeah, yeah. as a Democrat, by the way, today, if you stand up in a Democrat group, Sid, and you say, I, I stand with Israel, that, that's that's a, you get booed for that. <laughs> I <okay? know. laughs> Really, I'm sure the base is gone, is, you know, the, the Ilhan Omas and the Rashida Tlaibs and uh, the AOCs and, and the Bernie Sanders. And, and so even Scranton Joe, I, I served with Scranton Joe. I served. He was like he was a regular. That may have been wrong in every you know significant foreign policy decision, as, as you know, Robert Gates Home Secretary of Defense once said, but but he was still kind of a, a regular guy, and, and and he's off in Never Neverland. The, the party is 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 so just so far to the left. You know, listen. When I was a Democrat, when John Kennedy was a Democrat, you could actually support Israel and believe in low taxes. You know, <laughs> right? That's gone. It, it it is now spend, spend, spend. Uh, it it is democratic socialism, and 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 that's where the energy is. You know, with that, and and it's. It actually breaks my heart. And, you know, on the Israel question, as you, as you know, I said, I'm a national chairman of the Republican Jewish coalition. I would love Israel to be a, uh, supporting Israel to be a bipartisan issue. But but the the Democrats who have that position, are, you know, they're, they're going to be a smaller and smaller group. They're going to they're be caucusing in a, in, a, in a telephone booth if people remember what that is, <laughs> by the way. OK, uh, you know, that's and, and so the party is the energy on the party is way to the left. Uh, and and as a result, I don't think that's good. Certainly not good for those who care about Israel, by the way. But it's just not good for America. Well, and I certainly care about Israel. And when Donald Trump was president, we heard about it all the time. He had a very strong relationship with Bibi Netanyahu. Unlike the prior six presidents, he did move the embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, the Golan Heights he recognized as a part of Israel. He did that deal with the Arab Emirates, which to this day is an unbelievable deal in the Middle East. No one could ever question Donald Trump's uh, love and loyalty for Israel. But I must tell you that uh, while we talk about the Democrats not loving Israel. I don't hear anything good, bad, indifferent. I don't hear anything coming from the White House about Israel. Well, it's 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 because you know the the folks that were in charge before Biden, you know, uh, the Obama folks who who were no friends of Israel, yeah. who you know negotiated an Iran deal without talking to the Israelis and the Saudis. So the Saudis, you got to learn to live with Iran in the neighborhood. Uh, and B.B. Netanyahu kind of wait by the back door while the president was dining before he kind of jumped to Sam. They're really just crazy stuff. And, of course, when they left, they, 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 they left right before they left office. They, they uh, negotiated a U.N. resolution uh, that condemned Israel and, and, and basically uh, said that, that the, the Western Wall, the most holy site in the Jewish age, was occupied Palestinian territory. And that we have, quote, the U.S. abstained, but afterwards it comes out that we actually kind of masterminded and, and, and put that all together. And so, no, you know, the, the folks who have not been, you know, strong friends of, of Israel and now the folks, you know, back in charge. And, uh, you know, it's challenging. It, it really is. Uh, it's, it's still the region is still a dangerous place. Uh, you know, the, the administration, this administration is looking to renegotiate an Iran deal that was a, das- a disaster before uh, that uh, will be a disaster again. And so. 
I don't know. You know, uh, listen, I think this this administration is 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 got in there for a, a short period of time. Hopefully uh, they're going to get they're going to get you know pounded in the election in November in terms of the House. Republicans are going to take control of the House. In one of my other hats, my other pro bono hats, I, I, I'm the chairman of the Congressional Leadership Fund. It's the largest kind of independent uh, third party group to support House Republicans. We will probably raise and invest a couple hundred million dollars this year in House races. I look at the polling all the time. Uh, America has had it with with inflation. They've had it with no border control. They've had it with uh, uh, defunding the police. They've had it with with being humiliated on the world stage and, you know, as a result of Afghanistan and other foreign policy disasters. And so, you know, you saw it in New Jersey and you saw it in Virginia in November. Uh, in the elections there, uh, you know, folks have had it. And, and so I think this administration is there under a short leash. And, and uh, you know, in the end, you just got to have a long term view in politics. You think uh, the Republicans go three for three, the House, the Senate and the White House in 24? I, I, I will I tell you, there's no question. And you don't want to get overconfident any any time this business things change, you know, so quickly so much. But I think the die is cast in the House. I, I think the uh, more likely than not, Republicans take control of the Senate. Uh, and and certainly 2024 looks to be a, a good year. But, you know, as I say that, it's like I really, by the way, said I really want this country to do better. I'd, I'd really, you know, as much as I want to get rid of this administration, of course. You know, I'd like them to I'd like them to help get inflation under control. I'd help them, I'd like to I hope that they, you know, figure out a way to get the supply chain moving forward. I'd, I'd like them to have some rational policy on COVID. You know, the Democrats, by the way, on that one, all of a sudden you're seeing these Democrat blue parties, all of a sudden they're getting rid of the COVID mandates, right? Uh, as, as if the science has changed in the last, you know, <laughs> month or two. Right. No, it hasn't changed. They, they, they're just measuring that where the people are at in their state. And, and they're saying enough, enough. Yep. Okay. And, yep. you know, and, and you get Stacey Abrams, you know, you know, the, uh, you know sitting with a bunch of kids, well, kids, right? The kids are all masked and she's not. Now, now by the way, None of them should have been wearing masks because the data says that kids aren't, aren't transferring, you know, COVID in, 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 in grade schools and killing each other. And it's not killing them. OK, so, so the, the, the science doesn't support that. But the kind of, you know, the, the I don't know whether it's the sanctimoniousness, uh, the you know, absurdity of folks who are tally, you know, kind of putting us all, you know, in, in, in mass. Uh, but for them, they don't have to do it. You know, we, we say we're either eating at the French Laundry, you know, right. Stacey Abrams. And I mean, come on. You know, what do they say? It's, it's, it's for me, but not for thee. Come, it's, oh, that's it's, them. It's right. crazy. Uh, Stacey yeah. Abrams, Gavin yeah, Newsom, all of them. You're right. I tell and you, I, uh, one I of the things. People the, just upset. People have had it. People no, of course. Said, of course. I've had it for a long time, too. But one of the things the uh, Democrats do, which I find to be really disgusting, Norm Coleman, is January 6th, for example, I've heard many Democrats say that's the worst day in American history. Oh, really? 3,000 people died 9-11. Pearl Harbor, thousands and thousands of people died. One person died January 6th. And by the way, she was a Trump supporter who was murdered for being that. So that is a ridiculous comparison. Then you've got people like AOC comparing detention centers in Texas to concentration camps. And then you've got this guy, the guy that actually defeated you. They cheated, but he defeated you back in Minnesota years ago. Al Franken saying this about our country. Go ahead, play this, Justin. Just a couple of weeks ago, Al Franken on the United States. This is a serious one, and and I just, I think other people are feeling it. It feels like, I don't know, 1933, 34 Germany, and I'm just like I don't know, in a tavern, and I look over the other table, and there's guys in black jack boots and Nazi uniforms, and I'm going like, hmm, 
This looks bad. I wonder, I wonder how bad it can get. So, again, you knew all about this guy when you ran against him in Minnesota years and years ago, but now he's a distant and, and, and by the way, did did win on election nights. It did win when all the machines were recounted. You know? <laughs> right. It was nine months later, and you know, over ballots not counted election night. Listen, first of all, just, just an observation. I've really been kind to Frank, and I, you know, after nine months, you have to recount, and finally now he's ahead. I, I, I said enough. But listen, this is a guy that got perp walked out of the U.S. Senate, you know, and, and, and had nobody defend him. Okay. There wasn't, and the Democrats in time. There wasn't, there wasn't a single Democrat senator for something. By the way, he actually shouldn't have to have resigned. He should have had a right to kind of contest and whatever. But he chose not to. But there wasn't a single hand that went up and said, "Hey, this is a good guy." You know, he's <laughs> worth listening. He's important. Nobody, Christine Gillibrand and others, they threw him under the bus. I mean, you know, boom, right away. And so. You know, but by the way, the context of this statement is because the, the Democrats haven't been able to pass a, a law that would federalize elections, that would take away states' right to kind of control their own elections, which is what our founders, you know, read, 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 read the, you know, kind of uh, the, the, the founders, read the Federalist Papers. OK, they're real clear. You know, states are going to handle elections. Uh, and so the Democrats attempt to take, they're trying to federalize. They're trying to get rid of, of measures that would ensure you know, voter integrity, such as voter ID, uh, it's, you know, you can require a voter ID, excuse me, you can try an ID to go into a restaurant or bar in New York, you don't right. show your vax card, right. but it's racist, it's racist <laughs> to require that to show up and vote, right, uh, in Saturday, and, and so, listen, that's, you know, he's a comedian, maybe it was a joke, yeah, joke, bad joke, uh, uh, yeah. but I don't think it was a joke, no. I think he intended it real, yeah. and, you know, he's, it, it's I, I kind of put it aside. I mean, yeah. nobody's listening to Al Franken today. No, that's true. But I would also advise comedians never to use the Holocaust as a punchline. Just my, that's a joke. Can you imagine? Absolutely stunning. Not, absolutely unreal. Stunning. Uh, one more, Norm. You're a uh, not just a great politician, a brilliant lawyer, and a super guy, but you're a big sports fan, dating back to your days as a New York football giant fan in New York. Then, of course, you've lived in Minnesota your whole life, so you had to root for the Vikings. But uh, how about this? I guess by I guess by relation, uh, by family members, you have a reason. I'm rooting for the Bengals. Yes, you're rooting I'm, for the Bengals. I'm rooting for the Bengals. Okay, right. so I got to I got to uh, well, so so uh, I, I got to say Sam Hubbard. Okay, he's Mish Booker. Okay, but, but he's Mish my, Booker. My, my, my son-in-law. Okay, Sam Hubbard is. And, and by the way, let's back up Sam Hubbard. Yeah, so your audience knows you. You know, you remember Big John? Remember, you know, Big John, Jimmy Dean song. Stood six foot four with yes. two forty five. Yeah. Broader shoulders. Now Sam Hubbard's bigger than Big John. Okay, <laughs> he's six foot six. Yeah, he's huge. So, so, so I got a quick Sam Hubbard story. He's first of all, he's really a good guy. Uh, he's he's my son-in-law's first cousin. So we're having the wedding celebration at the end of June, early July this year, a year after the wedding because of COVID. We had that big celebration. So of course, Sid, we're doing the horror, right? A couple. And remember, these are not Jews. The my my, my in-laws family, right? Right. right. They, 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 the couple can firstly do the couple. My daughter Sarah, your cousin, she's like a, you know weighs ninety pounds or something. I mean, easy. Everyone gets lifted up, you know, on the chairs and and, and the dance. Uh, then of course the the parents of the bride get up. You know I'm I'm not I'm not that heavy. I'm a I'm a you know a thick 
thin cup of water or something. Right. Still to this day, you know, 145 pounds. They, I get lifted up. My wife, so then we go to lift. They go to lift up the, the, the uh, groom's parents. Well, his dad is a former linebacker at Notre Dame. Said, okay, oh my God, so he, he's he, he's still got he's got girth. They're not play. You know, muscle is heavy. Okay, and, and so now you know, and they've never done this before, right? <laughs> so they they're going to lift and they're trying to lift this cup, and all of a sudden Sam Hubbard come, comes in, right? Uh, and and Hubbard gets under, and it's like Big John. You know, he's looking up there, and he lifts it. Lift. And I'm thinking to myself, Sid, this guy just got a $40 million contract extension, $10 million bonus. He's going to blow his back out, okay? And and they're going to ask him, so, so so Sam, how the heck did this happen? He says, I was dancing the whole ride. I mean, think, think, think. I, 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 literally, I watched that. My heart stopped. It was like, oh, my goodness. He's going to lift this guy up. Yeah. And it's him. Just forget about everyone else. It was Sam Olsen. Gets him up. Oh, uh, and by the way, they got him up. And, and they, they danced, and they held the handkerchiefs. And then it was beautiful. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, that is yeah, a great story. story. They didn't get story. hurt, and he's going to start a defensive and, event for the and, Bengals on and, Sunday. And, and, and as, a re- as a result, they're in the Super Bowl because he did two sacks under two minutes, ball at the four-yard line. Right, and he comes in. He sacks Mahomes. Very next play, now forty seconds left. He sacks him again, and then by the way, forced a fumble. If they would have recovered the fumble, there would have been no overtime. Right, so, right. So they're in the Super Bowl because the Sam Hubbard would have been out of the Super Bowl because he tried to dance the whole rest, you know, <laughs> and lift up that it was bigger than he was. Oh, that's a great story. Now I'm rooting for the Bengals. I had no no horse in the game on Sunday. Now I'm rooting for your son-in-law's uh, cousin. There you have it. There you go. There you go. That is an awesome story. That And what a great way to end this conversation. So it's great to talk to you. I love you, Norm. You know that. Uh, great, great conversation. Best of luck to your son-in-law's family and the Bengals on Sunday. We'll talk again very, very soon. Thank you, Norm. Love you, sir. Love you, love you. I love you, too. That's uh, my first cousin, Norm Coleman, the great senator from the state of Minnesota, Brooklyn boy, done good. One of the uh, really very proud of Norm and love him very, very much. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.